Welcome to episode three of Two Days and a Doc. Today we're going to be talking about your PhD orientation. So now what? What are you going to do? Let's join the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever is listening to this thing out there in the ether, welcome to episode, what are we up to now, boys? Three. Episode three of Two Daves and the guy who doesn't like to be called the doc. (laughs) So we are here today um, to talk a little bit about orientation. So you've accepted the challenge of a PhD. You think you are the hottest shit around. And now you arrive on campus, whether you be in person or virtually. And what happens? I, I, there's, there's some cognitive dissonance rolled into this one because I'm international. I don't have the pleasure of going to a campus right now. Y'all are on lockdown. <laughs> so, well, true. Like, so what's yeah. going on? What do we do? So orientation in 2020 is a strange beast for uh, anyone who's just started a program right now and probably for the next in the foreseeable future will be the same. So I think in that that case, like we have interesting perspectives. I had a kind of different orientation, but in person on campus a few years ago. And you two lovely gentlemen now have to orientate yourselves digitally. So, you know, I think maybe to give you some insights on what it should be like in a normal kind of non-COVID lockdown, like ruled by the University of Zoom world, that um, I think what we'll kind of say is, I'll give you a little taste of mine. So like my orientation was slightly different than most other ones because I did it in my home institution. So, you know, I did the PhD in UCD in Dublin, but I'd also did my undergrad, my master's and an awful lot of my professional working experience in the same university. So, you know, I orientated basically into the town I lived in for six or seven years, for example. So to me, it was relatively easy. It was a continuation of the norm, let's say, whereas other students in particular, you're basically spending your time getting used to your new kind of living kind of confinement, let's say. Confinement sounds like prison, but yeah, you're not your new academic gilded prison for the next, you know, three to six years of your intense research career. So, you know, orientating yourself on campus, finding your offices, finding your building, finding your facilities and services. And in UCD, one of the most important things is finding where the lovely sauna and tepidarium is so you can realize your relaxation vibes in the sauna and the jacuzzi every morning. But yeah, you you orientate yourself in two ways, on the campus as an individual, and then into the academic structure you have just joined. So, you know, it's kind of, you warm yourself up and integrate yourself into what is your new kind of research, kind of co-working space, working environment, and your new research family. So Whereas, I, will, I will point out here, Colin, I got a tease of this back in March. Because I had to drop your ass off at, at the Smart Lab building, but I didn't yes. get to go in. No, nope, So true. not only that, I get to stare at these august halls of knowledge and higher learning and wait for my Uber to show up. <laughs> so it was basically, oh, one day maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be able to open those doors and walk right in. So I, you know, I, just from me to you, thank you for that little taste of almost heaven. <laughs> almost this, heaven almost heaven but you joined point. anyway so what are you going to do so now you two guys are in the process of a digital onboarding which is very very complicated so currently the campus is officially 
on kind of lockdown there's minimal contact hours it's generally only for undergrad and taught students doing you know necessary contact so lab uh, lab facilities you know face-to-face education that can't be done remotely whereas use onboarding onto your phd is doing it digitally and it is a difficult process at the best of times i can't imagine what it's like trying to do it onboarding digitally well, David, let's let's get your perspective on this since neither Colin nor I want to monopolize this conversation at all. And you're the strong silent it. one. <laughs> I was I was enjoying that. That was that was great. <laughs> so yeah, uh, from my experience, it's been it's been definitely interesting. I think probably it's good to to take a bit of a trip back to my uh, orientation to previous experiences. So unlike Colin, um, I've been in different universities um, and. I think probably I didn't engage with those as well as I should have uh, first time around, which may explain quite a lot. So I'm probably the man with the longest arts degree known to the world. Um, it took me five years to complete a three-year degree there. Um, failed a year twice. That was that was nice. But a big part of it was not having uh, people, people around, uh, not engaging with that experience at the very, very start, and then getting a little bit overwhelmed. Um, getting to a point where I was like, oh, actually, you know, after the first year, you can't really swan through this. <laughs> you, you really need to know what's going on. You need to be uh, at least a little bit integrated into the, the university life, whether it be socially or from an academic perspective and, uh, and being able to do it. So this time around, I made sure that I was doing it right and um, spent, I think probably it was a good portion of two weeks going onto the website, checking up all the different elements there that are available openly through the library, uh, watching the YouTube videos uh, of the different processes, whether it be trying to search for papers online or understanding where elements are in terms of student supports. And that was that was useful. And it's definitely helped even the last uh, week where we've been having um, supports from the course and the, the walkthrough. Uh, at least I, I now, you know, not realizing that that's there for the first time, that I've had a chance to reflect on that over the last uh, month or so. And now I'm able to ask questions that, uh, that, are, that are useful for, for me within that. Uh, although I did, have, I did have one experience where I was like, oh, do you know what? Let's, let's join a society. That'll be, that'll be a good idea. So I joined the Hispanic Society because, you know, uh, Spanish is something that I'm learning at the moment. And it's, it's really useful for, for our community as well, because we've got lots of Spanish speakers in Dublin uh, working in the different areas. So um, it, it's quite useful to, to have it and um, joined this Hispanic society and uh, jumped in and realized that, you know, first years are first years uh, and that I was a granddad. Uh, so I was, I was there for a while in this virtual world, um, bang in the middle of the screen, surrounded by these young, energetic uh, <laughs> first year <laughs> students who were just full of life and, you know, going through it. And I was like, yeah. Uh, about about twenty minutes in, I was like, "Okay, I think I think I may have to have to go. This is uh, this is not this is not what I anticipated." So that was that was an interesting experience. So I did it, I did that part too late. That should have been what I did the first time around. Uh, but at the same time, it was fun. Uh, we we had a laugh over it, and it, it, it's challenging. You know, I, I guess that's a different side of it as well for people coming in as mature students, um, like like ourselves as well, coming back maybe doing doing a PhD. There are other elements, other challenges that you may not face uh, when you go and do things as an undergrad, and you know finding your place can can be uh, can be quite tricky. So for me, having yourselves, having the, the rest of the team in in, in Smart Lab to chat and talk, and uh, Dave, you set up a um, a Slack for us, which was which was great. 
having that little space is super. I know that's something that we're going to talk a little bit later on uh, down the line in other episodes. But yeah, uh, 100% it's been, it's been interesting, challenging because it's draining. I found myself very tired after, you know, going through websites and, and links and pages and I've got so much stuff saved. It's crazy. But I think a big part of that is trying to structure yourself early on. So it'll be interesting to hear what, what you've been doing to try and, you know, compartmentalize all of this like flood of knowledge that's coming at you. You kind of encapsulated it quite well there as well. You're trying to build peer support. So we were all quite lucky in our program to have very, very strong peer support networks built and in place. But for a normal student or somebody that's unsure of the process, that should be your main kind of goal for your first couple of months on your program. Build your peer support, get to know the other people in your school, in your university, in your college, in your research group, in your kind of local little community, because peer support is everything. You know, a problem you face will have been had by somebody else. You know, a insight from another field will be gotten from, you know, other researchers in other buildings, in other areas. And then something as simple as having somebody over a desk to kind of say, look, here's my idea. Is this crazy or not? You know what I mean? That's what you want to do. So how did you find it then, Dave, on the onboarding? <laughs> so I have, I have I have two things going against me. Number one, I'm an ocean away <clears throat> and, uh, and, and I'm a, a foreigner which I, I find hugely funny uh, because I spend so much time in Ireland anyway, right? I'm there three to four times a year for business, you know? So like the conversion here <laughs> is really funny because I, and I would, I would argue that what UCD did was, was incredible by integrating with the local embassy as well. So, you know, David, you talked about that, that society. Well, I have that. It's called the American embassy, which is a whole bunch of, oh my God, I'm in Ireland where do I go? Where do I go? You know, like, do I need IDs to go drink? Okay. You know what? Hold the phone. <laughs> we'll go through this. And so you have this kind of collection of internationals that are basically now starting to look at the world differently. It's, you know, some, I remember sitting on that call going, yeah, I am really old because I, I know this stuff. I've already been there, done that, you know, and then coming in through business visas versus student visas and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so I kind of had that, you know, that, I've been there, but I haven't kind of mentality. So a lot of this stepping back into education, my, my journey was undergrad was at one school. My graduate, my master's degree was at another in residence. I was married. <laughs> so moved into on-campus housing. So I had my local communicate, you know, communion, communion. Uh, well, that's different. I did you go to have one of them if you want. As well. I, I did go to seminary. So I could say that I did have communion, but uh, beside the point, I did have my local community in my building, my little apartment block, if you will, on campus. So that was, you know, almost purpose built like, Hey, I'm in, you know, I have people that are doing similar things to, I am to, to what I am. Uh, and now doing this. Yeah. The onboarding is digital. So like David, you know, going through and, you find out very, very quickly how well someone thought through website design and structure and directories because jumping from some of the tools, and I won't disparage any of them because I found them useful in their own ways, right? Going through and you know, clicking almost literally on every single link in my dashboard. What does this do? What does this do? Unlike yourself, David, I have about the tolerance of a gnat to sit there and watch YouTube videos. Ironic because I make them, <laughs> but I, I don't have the presence of mind sometimes to sit there. And I'm like, you know what? I can't really screw anything up unless I start watching my fees increase. But, you know, like I can't screw anything up when I'm going in there and clicking through things. So I think that was part of it. 
uh, you mentioned community. I mentioned community. You know, part of that is the fact that I had you two gents coming in the door as well, right? You know, so it was something like, you know, even this morning as we're going back and forth about what we're going to talk about in episode four, which is circles of knowledge. You know, I can bounce some of these ideas off. You're you're across my virtual desk from me, right? And you know, imitation being the sincerest word of form of flattery, you'll probably see some stuff that's that's coming. But all that to be said, you know, it it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition. I'm present in a community. I'm present in this education system in this cohort, and and I'm not. You know, and it's really been great to see other folks that are part of this program. It's a very international program. I mean, the, the base is all over the world. And so being able to kind of exchange some of those ideas, I think whether it be Slack or it be WhatsApp or it be any of those type of tools that in this day and age forms kind of that basis, forms that um, kind of connection point in ways that, you know, perhaps, you know, it used to be I could just walk down the hall or, you, you know, I lean over that desk in the library and I think that's been an early kind of unifying base for a lot of this stuff too, is like, Hey, all of a sudden I, I, I now have that accessibility. It's a little bit more instant than ever and maybe a little bit more asynchronous too, but I think that's really helped. So website designs, you know, I would urge any university really think about how your students are coming in the door because you want them to lead down a logical path, not just disappear into the ether when it comes to it and not be confused by process. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, it's, you know, I found the smart lab orientation to be re really, really great in terms of, hey, you're here, doesn't matter where you're from. This is what we're aiming towards. This is what we're trying to head towards. Here are the, you know, it's a relatively small cohort relative to everything, you know, what, 50 plus people. Um, here's the people that, you know, the urging of our supervisor to find those folks that are relatively close to you as well, I think was another thing. But that helps you kind of orient it orient so you have your phase ones your phase twos and then you're almost done's right and so each one of those <laughs> and the ones that are done um you have each one of those as signposts along the way too to say hey you're you know you maybe should check this out and do those type of things so yeah yeah that's that's been my perspective on it so far yeah i'm like okay to, to play devil's advocate let's say on behalf of the universities it's not an easy thing to do, never mind in the middle of a kind of once in a kind of hundred year pandemic situation we've been forced right. online. So to give perspective, the university that we were all connected to and are connected to has 25,000 plus kind of students um, affiliated with it at any one time. Its campus is like 250 acres plus, teaches everything from kind of... Um, foreign language proficiency skills at a very basic level up to doctorates and professional doctorates in probably hundreds of different fields in thousands of different subjects and to trying to build an architecture and an infrastructure to cater for that i can only imagine is an absolute nightmare but that kind of you know it, it's difficult there's always issues there's always overlap there's always problems trying to register what could be a thousand undergrad first year students to modules is just yeah. something that I like, I'm never having anything to do with that. It seems like chaos. So well done to whoever's in charge. Of yeah, the rolling, of the rolling registration process. It's like, like that. Yeah. Like if I, your I, last I, name starts between a and a Z <laughs> you can go today, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, all right, tomorrow we'll start on the B's. So we'll try to get there. 
it's madness so it kind of has to be flexible that way so that's why i think in particular for graduate students and doctoral students in particular you have to take ownership of your own journey you have to root out your own information you have to be as educated as possible about the process before you begin so when you do begin you then know like where to go to solve problems who do you contact and normally what i do is so kind of different to your two experiences i love in person if i have a problem i will go and ask somebody face to face because i found it always solves it quicker for me so when i orientate it i make sure i do that in every institution no matter where i'm working even if i'm visiting or i'm there temporarily i dedicate time to finding out who are the people that make the things happen in the building or the university or the school and then i get to know them so if i have a problem i can drop in and say hi mary i'm having a problem with registration how do I fix it? And it gets fixed immediately. So that's a very important part of orientation in a non-digital world. Let's say yeah, you, you find them in the sauna, right, Colin? Well, sometimes uh, or, or the <laughs> restaurant or, you know, I love, I do it at events. I constantly love doing it at events. So I love yeah. going to events. I love running events. I love that kind of interpersonal nature. So you'd be surprised who you found. I, I've met people studying PhDs at the same time as me, as me at startup events in the city that they were on. And you have a bond over meeting at the event and then they become a contact of yours. And even if they're in a different field, they still are there if you need to ask them something or kind of reference something with them. And then you two have the joy coming up of being able to experience our library. Oh, the multiple floors of library and the access. And so, yeah, physical orientation is something that will be coming hopefully soon as possible for you two. But something then that students should do, get orientated with your library, the supports, the offerings. So I know UCD has an amazing math support center. You know, if you are having issues with maths, they're there with trained educators and mathematicians to provide support for you. If you know it's there, if you've interacted them at the beginning, if on the off chance you need it, they're there and you know how to access it. So you don't, you know, you're nearly like finding out how to cut off major problems before they come down the line. Yeah. I think so, the, oh, go ahead, David. Well, yeah, no problem at all. I'm just going to cut in between all of this because it, it's quite interesting listening to your two perspectives. And really, I think what it is, is you're setting your foundation for what's to come, not just with your PhD, but actually beyond that as well. And I think that's one of the things with it. It's you're trying to find, you know, what direction you're trying to head in. I think that was quite uh, an interesting way of looking at it. And from, from that, then, if you take the time, I think a lot of people are quite keen to get writing. I think a lot of, um, in, in general, lecturers and professors, you know, put that pressure on people. You know, you must be writing. You must be getting things down on paper. But in reality, if you're not uh, kind of focused on, on the right thing, that writing can, can be wasted. Um, you know, okay, it may be something you might use at a later stage, but you may change completely. And I think if you can get yourself set up um, almost like from a project management perspective, that you know, you know, where your files are, you know, where the resources are, that, you know, when, like you're saying, those challenges come up at any point during the process, that you have that ready to go. And that just, it gives you a sense of control. That's what it was for me, uh, trying to feel, I think that's probably the educator coming out of me needing that, I need to feel like, like I know what I'm doing at some point. And, you know, now that I can say that, you know, if, if, I, if I need something, I know exactly the, the person like Colin saying to, to reach out to. And I would, like, it, it is difficult not having face-to-face -face contact, not being able to just knock on a door uh, and do it. But you know what, uh, in a way, there's a, a whole other level of accessibility there. 
so that you can send a message uh, through uh, a chat function. You can pick up the phone. I always think that that's really useful. Um, you know, I think uh, sometimes better than an email. Uh, there's so much coming through. You can imagine if you've got those thousands of students coming in and if someone picks up the phone, you're being able to, a little bit like this conversation, cut through it and, you know, get to the, get to the top of that. <laughs> Uh, but that is that is that is really um, that's that's really crucial from that perspective. And, and one of the things that stood out to me, I think, is it was a really nice human touch, and it, it's it's what was done for for us. And because we're an international cohort, we had um, some Irish um, myths and legends and and heritage and music that was that was played over the last you know week or so, which has been really fun to see. And it's been you know a kind of a an, an open arms approach to those who can't be here with us. Um, hopefully they'll be with us at some point, but I think that that was quite that was quite beautiful to see, and that you know they're share the, the culture of what Ireland is because it, it's it's a pity that we can't have the likes of you, Dave, and others actually here with us to to enjoy that experience because I think that's a huge part of orientation in a nutshell. So you know hopefully we'll be able to do that uh, when the next year comes around or, or even the year afterwards, but we will do it I think at some point. Yeah, American trad music is not like Irish trad music. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> I might bring my banjo. <laughs> See what happens, but you can't beat no, a bow. We have on. banjos too. We uh, have banjos oh too. god, they're yeah. everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah, they are indeed. But no, I did. They're very, very good points, and I think we all kind of touched on them. Is about when you're orientating, you're orientating yourself in multiple ways into different kind of environments. So you're orientating yourself into your new campus you're orientating into your new university you're orientating into the structures that are in place to allow you to do your research but then also from the research perspective you're orientating yourself in your field and you're orientating your proposed work you know to whatever your outcome goal is at the end because in an awful lot of cases the truth is an awful lot of projects change and evolve as they go so as you said david you might spend an awful lot of time writing at the beginning and you may not use it so now that's not wasted because you're learning how to write and it's there you know if you need it but taking the time at the beginning to orientate yourself in your field in your subject in your area and just find where you fit sits like is a very very good kind of tip and you know it can take weeks it can take months you know hopefully it won't take years but if it does it does so be it you know you want to make sure by the end of your research it's right it's in the right place it's where it's meant to be it's where you want it to be and it's going to be impactful going forward and then there's loads of tips and kind of tools and tricks you can do to get yourself orientated early like that which i think we're going to discuss in a forthcoming episode Yes, yeah, something, something, bibliographies and circles of something knowledge, and maybe a little plumb line or two. Exactly. Exactly. So let's just we'll wrap this up in a nice little bow. Orientation. I'm not. I'm not even going to spend the time rehashing everything you said, Colin, because you said it so well. But in essence, physical orientation, time, place, whatever. Digital orientation. What are my resources? How can I find them? How can I dig into them? There's probably a whole episode that needs to be dedicated to libraries <laughs> and actual research finding, you know, frameworks, uh, reference managers. Yeah, that's not like search protocols. All that <laughs> yeah, and there's and there's a religious debate in there too. I have a feeling. Well, I know that I know there's a religious debate in there as well. So physical, digital setting your foundations. Uh, this is really about setting those foundations. You can't build a house if you don't have a foundation. You're the construction guy, David, so you can probably echo this a little bit better than any of us can. 
but setting those foundations, understanding where you're going to build your PhD house, your, your tome of wisdom, as it were, or expertise, supposedly, as, as it comes out. So with that, episode three is in the bag, my friends. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this was useful to you. Comment, subscribe, like, chase us down on Twitter and LinkedIn. All those things will be circumspect to wherever I'm pointing in this video because I haven't done that yet, but it'll be there. And thank you for your time today. Thanks for listening to episode three of Two Daves in a Doc. Join us next week as we talk about annotated bibliographies and circles of knowledge. Catch you next time.